Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, guys. It is Tuesday. April 5th, and that means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host, Carl Dummler. Carl, welcome in. Happy Tuesday. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've got, uh, so I've got my kids in two different schools. One school has the flu running through it. The other flu- school has the cold running through it, and my kids brought both home. So if my voice sounds a, a couple octaves lower, just know that's that's what happened here today. Man, that's uh, it's getting hot in here. That gravelly voice. Ooh, I know. Wee. I know. No. Uh, <laughs> man, no, it's good to see you. Congrats also to you. I know you are a uh, Kansas Jayhawk basketball fan. Right. And uh, man, I, it must be nice to see your team go beyond the first day of the tournament, the first <laughs> round. But uh, I can't speak of that as an Iowa Hawkeye fan. I don't think they've made it to the Sweet 16 since like 1985. But, uh, you know, it's uh, congrats to you. What a, a good game last night, too. A lot of uh, ebbs, and, ebbs and flows. And man, I really... At halftime, I was like, man, I should have I should have gotten in somewhere and made a bet because I had a feeling Kansas was going to come storming back and I probably would have gotten tremendous odds for them to win at halftime. They they're a second half team. Hmm. There's been a lot of games this year where they were down early and then boom, all of a sudden they just got hot at the right time. And uh, so I'll take it because, yeah, big KU fan. I did not pick them to win the tournament this year. Hmm. And now obviously I'm kicking myself, Uh, but I I try not to pick the teams I'm a fan of just because you're too emotionally tied to it. And, and obviously they don't win it very often, but, yeah. uh, but no, it was fun to watch that, watch them have the biggest comeback in NCAA championship history. And so very, very excited for them. And it just, it's kind of neat to see that team and what they've gone through this year. If you know any of the history behind what, what's gone on with the coach and everything else, it's uh, it's, it is, it's very emotional to see that. And I've got a friend, his grandma, she's not doing very good, but she's like the biggest KU fan ever. She had Bill Self call her this year to wow. wish her a happy birthday and everything. Like that's just how connected she is to the team. And so I, I was just thinking of her getting the chance to see them win one more championship. Awesome. Well, it was a good game. That was the second tournament game I watched after my Hawkeyes turned March Madness into March Sadness for me. But uh, I was thinking of you, Carl, and uh, good to see them win. Glad to have you get a W in your column this year. Uh, we got Travis Tarbox coming in saying evening fellas haven't been on much lately thank you so much for the stars travis we appreciate you says i'm still a fan um congrats to you carl denver broncos for life and iowa hawkeyes for life thank you so (laughs) much um travis and uh good to see you i hope you're doing pretty well we also got diamond rattlers in the house boom let's ride willem william william Willem defoe no william coming in jonas griffith signed back yes he signed his tender good depth piece yeah good depth piece the guy who flashed a lot last year and i'm excited to go over him when we get to the the dead period of the off season, because he's somebody that I, we need to not forget about. Um, and the way he, he signed his exclusive rights, free agent tender. And the way that works is it is literally exclusive rights. Here's your tender. You sign this and you play for my team next year, or you retire from the league. 
Those are your options as an exclusive right uh, free agent. So signed back, he signed his tender. There wasn't any competition because there couldn't be any competition. Right. Uh, not really the most freedom for those exclusive rights free agents, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Flazify, Flazify, Flazify. I, either one. I probably nailed it in one of those ones. I <laughs> uh, hope the Broncos don't pick Daniel Flele. Uh, he is too unpredictable. And he says, also, I hope Abraham Lucas falls. We'll get into that here in a bit. We want to say hello to some people. Um, don't know much about either, to be honest. Uh, probably talking about the tackles there. We got Kathy Lund in the house. Heard an interview from offensive tackle Bernard Raymond. I didn't know he is Austrian. He sounds like Schwarzenegger. That, there we go. Now we're talking. Now I'm in. Uh, have, have you heard him talk at all? Did You, you knew he was from Australia, right? Yeah, I, I did. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome to hear those kind of guys talk and and to have them in the league and uh, it, it'd be cool to just see him in the locker room and get yeah. that first interview with the Broncos and so I, I hope he's maybe there at sixty four I think he'd be a pretty good fit I I've heard the Broncos have some interest towards him and so I I like I said I wouldn't mind him being part of this zone blocking scheme yeah no it's uh, he's a good one I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round at all he does have sub thirty three inch arm length which there's only like one or two tackles in the entire NFL that are starting that have sub 33 inch arm length, which is makes him a little bit of a, an outlier, but uh, can be done if you have the athleticism and the technique. A uh, Jetty splashes in the house. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jetty. How you doing? Nice little sandpiper there, I think, in your picture. And we got Tom Lauk- Lukoff coming in here with the 499 Super. Shout out to Tom. I don't recognize this name, but uh, thank you so much for supporting us today. We appreciate you. Uh, he says, what's up, guys? What's up to you, Tom? Uh, cornerback, I think, is important in the draft. Darby gets hurt a lot, and we are one injury away from being in trouble. Absolutely, Tom. I don't disagree with you at all. I will say that I wouldn't completely sleep on Michael Ojemudia. Uh, year three, I think they are pretty excited about what he was going to do last year before he suffered that slow-bleeding hamstring, which he never really recovered from. Those hamstrings, man, sometimes they <laughs> they cost you whole seasons, which was with Ojemudia last year. But I think he's in line to have a, a better year this year. Uh, and is definitely part of the plan for the Broncos. That said, no such thing as enough cornerback depth, especially in the AFC West, which has quickly become the big 12 uh, in terms of passing offenses in the NFL. So more cornerbacks, the better I'm with you. And Darby's injury history, another great call out. He's only played one healthy season, his entire career. At some point he's going to be dinged. You want to make sure you have somebody in the wings that can go. I I do have some faith in Michael Ojemudia being that fourth cornerback, you know, that first boundary guy off the bench, but doesn't hurt to even get another one in the pipeline. Right. And, you know, a couple of those guys, good chance they're not with the Broncos after the season. So you got to start building for the depth of the future. And, you know, that's a lot of times you're looking at positions, what's going to be needed two years from now, more so than what they can bring their rookie season. I'm not saying you don't hope that your rookies don't give you something, but it just a lot of times you're you're looking for them to develop that first year, play the second year. So I. Again, I, I would love cornerback at any point in this draft, pick 64. If they even want to trade up for a guy that they really, really like and think can be a, a star, go for it. I'm Because it's such an important position. Like you said, AFC West, it, it's a track meet. you got weapons galore. you got to have guys that can counter that in the back end. Yeah, no, absolutely. You need depth there. And defense year to year is really volatile, but the teams that tend to invest heavily in the secondary are the least volatile uh, defenses year to year and cornerbacks specifically volatile year to year. There's a reason that pro football focus is leaning right now into coverage over pass rush, but that's more of a single year uh, perspective when they've actually delved deep and looked at, you know, three to five year samples coverage players 
up and down, up and down. Edge players are pretty consistent year to year. Those pass rushers year to year, you can predict on them much, uh, much better than those boundary corners. Cause even like, you know, you talked about with Ojemudia earlier, the hamstring, if you have a slight ding, your form can drop tremendously. So have being healthy, being under 30 years old is another one typically for those cornerbacks. So definitely uh, Tom cornerback depth. We're screaming for it. It's not just cornerback depth for me though. I'm screaming for, versatility in the back end. I, I would like them to get another safety or a nickel body as well. Um, besides uh, Kawan Williams, who I adore for the Broncos at slot. I don't trust a single one of these players to play a lot of slot roles next season. So getting somebody who can do slot, maybe some box work as well is definitely an area to attack on this roster. I, I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I want to say hello to some more people here. We got George Vaughn coming in. Connecticut Ooh. is in the house. Go Broncos. Uh, what's up? Broncos country Hartford. What's up? Uh, trying to make a make piecemeal on the last one, but the Connecticut never been to Connecticut. Have you, Carl? I it's no, I think I've actually skipped over that one before. Not skipped, Sorry. just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I, well, I, I flew over it a couple times. I'm not calling okay. it a flyover state, I'm just saying that's Iowa. I was that's going to, yeah, I know I'm, I'm a flyover state too, so I can't say much. Yeah, absolutely. Rodney Garcia coming in too. Evening, guys. Hope all is well, and everyone is having a blessed evening. Go Broncos. I'm having a rather blessed evening. I'm a little tired. Work's been a little hectic. Man, the uh, the amount of shows that we're doing right now are I'm ready for the draft to come and be here. So that way we can look past or look back on it. But uh, I'm also, gosh, I can't get a break with the weather, man. It's been it's said it's going to be like sunny in the weekend every single week for like weeks now. And then a, a day later, it says, oh, rain. Never mind. Screw you, Nick. You don't get to go outside. If you do, you're going to be wet and soaked. So <sighs> just give me a good week and get me to summer, Carl. I'm ready for summer. Yeah, we're we're going through the fifty mile per hour wind days. Oh God! I saw my bird house go flying today. So, uh, and I want. had to had to chain down the the trampoline because it was moving across the yard. Yeah. I was hoping it wouldn't end up in the neighbor's house. And so, yeah, that, that's what I'm dealing with right now. I'd, I'd take the rain over what we got right now. Ugh, man, rain rain is fine, but uh, I'm ready for a little bit of sun. Paul coming in. Speaking of sun, good evening, Nick and Carl in Broncos country. Let's ride. Good to see you, Paul. Uh, Gary Blah Blah also coming in. What do you guys think of Nicholas Petit Friere, uh, the offensive tackle from Ohio State? I think he's fine. Um, he's got decent movement skills. He's got the requisite length. I don't like how high he plays. I don't think he's got a great anchor. And I worry about that against power rushers, specifically somebody like a Joey Bosa in this division. And that's probably very much influenced by Aiden Hutchinson beating the absolute belief out of him in the Michigan, Ohio state game multiple times. And I know that was a slick field, but uh, that's one that I think, you know, round three possible starting tackle, you're going to have to kind of scheme around him no matter what. Cause I don't know if he's going to be able to add much more of an anchor, but he's fine in that range. Yeah. If we're talking about a tackle from the, the top three rounds, he maybe had one of the worst games of any of them that'll be taken in that Michigan game. It, it was just so bad. I don't think I've seen a guy get beaten that bad in a, in a long time. So, uh, but beyond that, if you look at all of his other games, he's got a lot of good tape out there. And, and so I think sometimes you get so held up in that one game, that one bad moment. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like Justin Fields last year, the Indiana game, everybody was just like, Oh, but he threw those two interceptions. He was so terrible. He's not reading the defense. Well, he had a lot of other good tape to back it up. Of yeah. the kind of player he was. So I think we can over evaluate sometimes those guys that have got a lot of tape out there. And, and I think he, like I, said, I, I think he'd be a decent pick for the Broncos. Yeah. And another thing that kind of makes me question Nicholas Petit for is that he 
and this is a hearsay going on here, but he was invited to the senior bowl. I think he accepted and then backed out. And uh, it's because he felt like he didn't need to show anything else. And he also sat out of the Rose Bowl. So the last tape that he had available was him getting whipped by David Ajabo <laughs> and Aiden Hutchinson. Left a bad taste in my mouth because he had opportunities in a play after that. I don't fault him for not uh, playing in the Rose Bowl, uh, given Ohio State's pedigree. I mean, it's his choice. I get it. Uh, but like, if it was Iowa doing that, then you'd hope the kid would play. But Ohio State, they had higher aspirations, maybe a little bit disappointing to play in the Rose Bowl. Crazy as that sounds. Uh, but then not going to the Senior Bowl, answering some of those questions. That left a little bit of bad taste in my mouth. Yep. Uh, Jeff Noyce coming in. Hello, Broncos country. Good to see you. Luke Wright, what's up, man? Listening from the gym. Yeah, let's get it pumped. Make sure I get that last rep. Let's max. Let's max out. Tom also coming Fourth in. Fourth quarter. Uh, God, we're going to do it. Tom coming in again with another super saying, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish, con- Amish country. Uh, on a computer. He's not Amish, but he's in Amish <laughs> country. Yeah, no. And we got the Trekker T coming in with the 1111 Super uh, saying, hey, guys, looking forward to the 2022 season. Absolutely. Me too. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Trekker. That means a lot. Keeping us informed and entertained. Well, uh, you can maybe have one of those things. I don't know if you're going to have both coming from here. No, hopefully you can have at least one. But uh, thank you, Thomas. Um, he asks also a big question here. What do you guys think about running back Mike Boone as sticking at the running back two this season? Carl, what do you think? Mike Boone running back two. I, I don't mind it, but I really hope the Broncos bring in competition for him. Yeah. You know, that one of those, you know, that fifth round, even sixth round kind of area. I I know a lot of, you know, the mock boards have the big running backs falling there to to the 64 pick, and it's hard to pass on them because they are really talented players. But I, I still just would not lean that way for running back there in the second round. When you've got a clear starter, a clear possible star player, at the running back position. And so trying to find that number two uh, and like I said, compete with Boone Boone's a, a good number two. So if they stick with that, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I, I still would like to see a little more competition because especially running back, you get dinged up 17 games. That's a long, long season for those running backs. The, the odds are they're, they're going to miss a little bit of time. Yeah. I'm be fine with Mike Boone as number two. I wouldn't say he's a good number two because he has like 450 yards in his career. I just, I can't don't have enough data to say he is a good number two. I'd be fine with him as the number two. Uh, That said, the Broncos shouldn't hesitate to add a young cost controlled running back in the draft or bring back Melvin Gordon. If what is the, I think it was pro football talk said his market is about a one year, $2.5 million deal. Okay. Like that's, That's fine with me um, for the type of running back he is. And I, the thing with Javante Williams too, is we've talked about, you know, the scheme fit, the outside zone, the vision and the patience that you have to have for that. Is he going to be as good of a fit? He's going to be fine, but is he going to be amazing there? Wait and see. The big concern for me with uh, Javante Williams right now is he's never been a bell cow back before. And your offense is going to run through him. And I'm, I know a lot of people really want the specialized running back room. And you, I don't know if you're paying attention to Eric and I's conversation today in the chat, but I'm not a buyer in this, like, dichotomized running back position. I'd rather have a bunch of guys that are similar that are, you know, 210, 220 plus really good pass protectors and make defenses respect, respect the play action game and think twice about playing a light box and playing two high safety looks. So if it's a little bit of redundancy in the running back position, I don't care. I'm protecting myself from if let's say you bring in a tiny running back, say a treat Cohen type as that next running back as your running back too. And then Javante Williams gets hurt your offense. What are you doing? Your whole offense has to change. I'd rather get somebody who raises the floor where you can withstand injuries over a 17-game season. So Mike Boone, I'm fine with running back two. If Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker are there round two, or they like a running back round four, I wouldn't hate the pick. And I know I'm running backs don't matter. 
that's always hyperbole. Running backs in the first round, stupid. Running backs day two, fine. Uh, yeah. pay, spending high resources on running backs in the draft, not round one, fine. Paying running backs high resources with the second contract, stupid. So those are the types of things that there's there's nuance to that conversation. But I'm yeah, people think I, Nick Kendall, he hates running backs. At 64, Kenneth Walker's there and they take him. I'd be excited because yeah. you'd have a young cost control duo and your floor of that running back room is going to be super high. And you're going to be fresh and you're going to really create space for Russell Wilson to stress defenses vertically. And if they don't, you're going to beat the absolute bleep out of them. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, if they take him there at 64, Kenneth Walker, like you said, I, I'm not going to be upset about it because like you said, it just adds to a strength. And especially if Williams goes down or you can keep his carries down so you can keep him healthy through the entire season so he can actually live up to his full potential of what he brings to the table. Yeah. You know, all of that adds to it. So I, I I'm for it. I, I just, I'm also not going to be mad if they wait till like the fifth or sixth round to take a running back. You yeah. know, you, you can find good quality guys throughout the draft, even undrafted. I mean, CJ Anderson was an undrafted guy. Terrell yeah. Davis, six round guy. You know, I'm going way back, but it's still, I think with this system, especially it sets up well for running backs to have lots of success. And yeah. so I, I'm good with whatever they do at the position at this point, other than trading, trading up to go take one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unless they're like trading up from 64 specifically. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, EJ come in and good evening. Nick and Carl in Broncos country. Good to see you. Dylan Von Arks. Always good to see Dylan. Sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe. If you hadn't, we got it says 175 people on Facebook, only 17 likes so far. I think that's the Facebook side. Maybe that's YouTube. Either way, drop a like, drop a heart. Shout out to Andrew Baker, Tony Tom uh, Talmich, Tommy Simmers, and Gary Leeds Palmer for dropping the heart so far. We appreciate you guys. Kevin Gray's in the house, says Broncos country. Let's ride. Gary Leeds Palmer, speaking of Gary Leeds, hope you're doing well. Hey, Nick and Carl, I just woke up and checked. Russell Wilson is still our quarterback. All is well. Yeah, man, it's been sunshine and rainbows here. It's been raining in Seattle a lot, but it's been sunshine and rainbows as far as I can see. Maybe everybody else is getting a little bit <laughs> upset. It's probably all those transplants from California who get upset if it rains at all. But uh, yeah, no, it's a uh, gosh. Russell Wilson's the quarterback. Things are good. Now it comes down to what they can do around him because maybe he's not the number one quarterback in the NFL. He's top 10, top eight, top six. That's good enough. You have a chance yeah. now. I, I was thinking the other or I had somebody earlier today, actually. Uh, they said, man, the draft's not going to be as exciting this year with the Broncos not having that first round pick. And I was like, if it means we got Russell Wilson, I'm going to enjoy that day completely. You know, even even if the Broncos don't pick in the first round, man, if if I look there and see Russell Wilson at the top of the depth chart. Good, <laughs> I'll take it. But we got Travis Weber saying, good evening, Nick, Carl, Scott and Broncos country. Who do you honestly see who is available at 64? If not anyone Denver likes, do you see them possibly trading up or down? I, I can see all those options, really. Yeah. You know, I, I know Peyton really wants to get as many picks as he can because he likes to throw as many darts at the board as he possibly can. And, and I think he also really wants to try to get some 2023 capital, which means he got to trade back. So if I leaned anyway, I'd say he trades back. But pass rusher, if there's a guy that they just desperately feel like they need to go get, go for it. Uh, you know, if Mafe is up there, sitting at say pick like 55 and you're going, we can't wait. We just got to go get this guy. He's our last edge rusher that we could see being a quality player this year. And even possibly starting if a guy goes down with injury, like I said, go for it. Yeah. Anything's possible. Uh, he's going to be up and he's going to be down in the Broncos. Either way, I think you're going to come out of the draft with more 2023 capital 
than you had going in. Cause right now the Broncos only have four picks. I think they have the first or second least draft capital in all of 2023. That's something they're going to have to start to work on as soon as this draft starts. Uh, no yeah. doubt about it in my mind. So thank you so much for your support, Travis. Also want to shout out to Ernie Mays. Hope you're doing well, Ernie. Um, we also got uh, Sinji, Nick and Carl. What's up guys. Good to see you. Greg Smith. Aloha. Hope you're doing well. Good evening. Broncos country. Lewis Coden. Condon. Yo, yo, yo. Good to see you, Lewis. Clee's in the house. Clee to the T. Mugu. I hope this isn't bad. Actually, I'm not going to read it because Clee is uh, a little bit of a dangerous uh, person because he almost got me with his. I think he did get me with his name the first time. So um, I don't know if I trust that, Clee. Uh, William Israel. Hello, Broncos country from Kiowa, Kansas. Ki- Kiowa? Kiowa. 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 Okay. Okay. I was like, hey, Iowa, Kansas, what's going on here? Carl, is this is this both of us combining here? No, thank you very much. <laughs> Let me hello to you. Hopefully you're a Jayhawks fan. Uh, Brian Dunn. Hello, Nick and Carl. Good to see you. And uh, man, we should probably get into this. <laughs> Carl here. Take one for a second, Carl. Let's let's get to uh, our pal here. Um, here's right. me, un- Go ahead. Oh, it says, here we go. Another amazing show by Nick, Carl and Scott. If you guys were Peyton, who will you guys who who will you guys as a running back? Pierre Strong, Cook or Jerome Ford? Whichever I'm a big one. Cook fan. Go ahead. I, I just I love what he brings to the table, the home run hitter. I, I just I think he would be a really good compliment. I know you said you don't like complimentary running backs. I don't but, not like them. I just I think they're overrated. I would rather have yeah. make sure I have the 220 pound monster who can pass protect. Yeah, but uh, but no, I think Cook can bring a, a good all around game to what what he brings to the table. I mean, he ran between the tackles there for Georgia, and yeah, you know they they weren't a huge passing team. They were just we're going to run it down your throats. We're we're going to play great defense. We're going to win a lot of smash mouth games and cook was a big part of that. And uh, so that of those three, I think that would be my pick. Rodney Garcia saying evening guys, hope all is well. And everyone is having a blessed evening. Go Broncos. Thank you, Rodney. Appreciate that. And we got Tom coming back with another super chat saying Malone and Sam Williams would be a great double dip. Yeah. Uh, Doug Malone and Sam Williams. I, both of those guys probably going to Sam Williams will probably go around three right now. In my opinion, uh, he's just so hard. He's a top 50, top 40 talent, but he has a battery case that was dropped that teams are going to dig into. And if he drops in the draft, you probably know why Uh, it has to do with that battery case. Malone at Western Kentucky. He's interesting, a little bit of a bowling ball kind of pass rusher. And I would have no issue with taking him down that way. I think he's got uh, good potential in this class. One of the one of the better guys you can probably get round three. I think in most classes, he'd probably go in that 70 to 90 range. But because of the depth of the edge rushers of this class, I think he could go 100-120. So right there for the Broncos early fourth round. Yep. Yeah, Sam Williams, the player, probably mid-second round pick kind of guy. Yeah. Sam Williams with the character, there's Who? no telling. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> he could go second round. He could fall clear out of the draft. Just kind of depends how those interviews went. I heard he did pretty good with a lot of the interviews from from people I've talked to. Um but I, I don't know if he'd be on the Broncos board. They they seem very against going any kind of direction with that. Um, and nothing wrong with that. You know, that, that's that's a team's choice to make. Um, but sometimes you just don't want to take on that kind of risk. Yeah. No, and that's why you want diversity and different uh, types of voices and different walks of life in your decision-making room so that way you can have different perspectives. I think it's important. Uh also important, Michael Ronquillo coming in here. Good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos. 
go, Michael. Hope you're doing well. I saw you got that new uh, old school Denver Bronco D hat the other day. Looking good. They need to bring back that logo. Bring just just go with that old uh, 1980s, 1990s uniform. I know some people the Broncos lost in that. The people in the uniforms lost those jersey jerseys did not lose. Those jerseys never lose. They slap KB 82 coming in 199 super. What kind of contract will Clowney get? Now that it's this late in the draft or in the free agency process, I really don't know. Uh, it's kind of hard. I know that coming out of South Carolina, there was concern about his knee long-term. I think he had arthroscopic knee surgery before even being drafted. Still number one overall, but it was always kind of a ticking time bomb. Uh, so I could see him getting a one-year deal for eight to 10 million. I could see him getting a two-year deal for 16 million. The I'm not as good with the cap stuff as I am the evaluating where guys are probably going to be drafted in the draft because you never know. Um, but he'll probably still get a decent contract. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He seems to hold out longer than he ever should. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's his representation that tells him he's worth more. If it's just in his head, he's like, I'm just the number one overall pick. I should be getting these big contracts, but it just doesn't seem to happen. Yeah, And and so he kind of holds out and then all the money kind of dries up and then he takes this one-year contract, but he still gets decent money on that one-year contract. So I still think he'll get pretty decent money. I yeah. still would love to see the Broncos be the team that gives it to him. You know, yeah. I, I know they don't have a whole lot of cap space left and you're probably looking at bargain bin shopping at this point, but sometimes you got to take a chance. Him and, and Matthew is another one I wouldn't mind because he brings that versatility to the secondary that you're looking for. Uh, but we've got Worm for Mayor. Okay. Evening, gentlemen. Finally got my Wilson jersey. Can't wait for the season. That is great. I saw the Broncos store. Just got a bunch of them out there. I almost thought about driving out to Denver to go get one just because you can't find them online right now. Uh, but uh, no, that's great. Uh, they're going to look really good this year sitting there in the Broncos stadium. But we got uh, Joey Grubbs. Who's one player you would pound the table for if he's there at 64? Go ahead, Carl. Well, I. it's hard to say, right? Like, yeah, it's hard heck? to say who's going to be there. Um, Tyler Smith is one for me. I don't know if he'll be there at 64, but he's the offensive tackle from Tulsa. He is, he's raw. He, he's, his handwork is not great. I mean, it gets outside the pads on quite a, quite a few snaps, but I think just his athleticism, I think he won't have to be starting this year because you've got yourself, the starters on the offensive line, really pretty much set. I mean, if you find a guy that's going to beat him out, that's great. But I think you could give him a year to really develop and take his athleticism, his strength, and, and I think he just really works well where he can play pretty much any system um, because yeah. he has that strength and athleticism. But uh, that, that would be the guy I would pound the table for. Yeah, and sorry about that, guys. I just uh, blocked that horrible cesspool of a excuse of a human being in the chat. So uh, we were up in the chat a little ways, and I scrolled down and said, oh, absolutely and unequivocally bleep that person. Get the hell out of here. And uh, they are deleted and gone. So uh, screw them, and I don't feel bad saying that. Uh, stars for Lawrence Rivera. Thank you very much, Travis, from Lawrence or to Lawrence or because of Lawrence in the name of Lawrence. Either <laughs> yeah. way, it works. Lawrence um, said he he can't send stars right now. There's something wrong with his his sign yeah. in or something like that. So thank you, Lawrence and Travis, both there. But we got KB82 coming back saying, will Hackett use KJ in creative ways this year? You hope so. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell right now. You like what what they did in Green Bay, yeah. but is that repeatable here in Denver? What's he going to change up? What's he going to use? How is he going to use these different weapons compared to what they had there in Green Bay? 
Um, you know, I hope he looks at what San Francisco did using their different weapons. I hope they get KJ on some of those sweet plays. Maybe even put him in the backfield a couple times just to, to make teams go, oh, what are they doing? Um, you hope, obviously, he's going to be going over the top because that's what he brings to the table with that speed. So, yeah, I, I hope they can get him creatively introduced to this offense. I, I'm still worried about how he's going to be week one. I still don't think he's going to be quite up to what he was before the injury. Yeah, absolutely. And we had another patrol with a terrible name coming in. So come on, get the hell out of here. Got KB 82. Uh, yeah. Getting uh, Kareem Jackson used in creative ways this year. Kareem Jackson. I mean, to be used in creative ways, he needs to stay healthy. Excuse me. Kareem. Oh, I think he's talking about KJ Hamler. Yeah. KJ Hamler. There Did you go. I say you said Kareem, Kareem Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Too many KJs. Uh, <laughs> KJ Hamler. Um, sorry, the uh, the stupid troll really got kind of set me off there. Uh, so it's a stupid ignorance. Um, the Hackett definitely used KJ Hamler in creative ways, but he needs to stay healthy first. That's the biggest thing. So we'll be interesting. And you're going to, the people are like, oh, you only have one ball, three wide receivers on the field at a time, probably mainly living in 11 personnel, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You're going to rotate guys a lot. So I think that there's no issue with that. And, uh, creativity with KJ Hamler will come post him proving he can be healthy for sure. So yeah, let's keep it going here. Block the trolls and uh, Scott, I'm going to kind of stay on the front of the chat here so you can pull up things as they come behind. Cause I really don't want that person to come back in because uh, it's gross, not gross. Yeah. Sheldon Brown coming in $1. Thank you so much, Sheldon. We appreciate you over on YouTube. If you got any questions for us, please get at us and we'll, uh, we'll, We'll consider that as a down payment uh, for future questions <laughs> that you have since it's a blank one there. Um, we appreciate you. And Carl, I guess this is a good time. We got also got Rodney Garcia coming in with the stars. Thank you so much, Rodney. We appreciate you. Andrew Baker coming in at the stars. Andrew, here's a fun fact for you. Baker, probably my favorite mountain in the, in the uh, state of Washington. So beautiful uh, up here. Can't wait to get out back out there again. So shout out to Mount Baker and shout out to Andrew Baker. Hey, Nick and Carl and Broncos brethren. I'm a big Pookie guy, obviously, but if Gordon didn't have the fumble problems, especially in big moments, would we still have him as running back one, or is he best running back two at this point? I think it is a running back one, running back two kind of situation where it doesn't really matter so much to me either way. One um, A, one B, they're going to get carries. I think this year, regardless, you're probably going to see Javante Williams get probably 60% of the carries rather than the 55, 45, 50, 40, or 50 50 50 split we saw last year the fumbles are a concern um you'd hope that they would go down last year even though melvin gordon had fumble history early in his career they did drop a bit after early on last year was a blip season again but javante williams also put two balls on the turf that his team recovered uh so definitely something to be concerned about melvin gordon though still a solid running back you're probably not got to pay him very much i think this is coming around to start to be a potential bargain for where you are in your window and everything so keep an eye on him i'd be happy to have him back just you really need to emphasize the uh, the ball security. Right. M Melvin Gordon, he's a top 32 running back in football. Like, so he should be a number one running back on some roster. Yeah. Whether that's here in Denver or, or wherever. But, I mean, Pookie has proven he's a number one running back as well. He's one of the top 32 running backs out there in the world. And so either of them, I think it's 1A, 1B. And, yeah. and that's great if you can have both on your team because it means, like I said earlier, when one comes in, you don't get a rest when the other one comes in. You're still going against a great running back. You still have to respect what they bring to the table. Yeah. And and I love for Gordon, especially what he brings to the table is his short yardage ability to pick up first downs and goal line ability. 
because he's good in pass, pass protection. He's good between the tackles. He can find the little holes, pick up the extra little yards. Now, yes, sometimes that means some fumbles, but you kind of live with that a little bit because of what else he brings to the table. So uh, I, I hope he gets signed somewhere and can find his role, and, and somebody's going to be really happy that they got a bargain for him for sure. But we got Phil McLaughlin coming in with some stars. Thank you very much, Phil. And uh, we got uh, how frick. Okay. How freaking day. How how freaking day. Okay. There we go. Uh, hey, y'all. At what pick do you guys value the running back from the Fighting Irish? I believe his name is Williams, but not sure. I watched him play in Notre Dame. He has power and speed, good out of the backfield. What's y'all's thoughts? I like Kyron Williams. He's a really good pass protector and a solid receiver. He tested like absolutely horrific at the running back position, which drops him a bit. If he's there for the Broncos round six, seven, I'd have no issue with it taking a swing on him that late. But with how he ran, how limited he is, his role is going to be as well. I'm not spending big premium capital on him. So late round three or late day three. Sure. I'm fine with it, especially for a niche role for the running back position. Uh, that's probably the area where you look for those kind of flyer, uh, very specific roles at a position like that. But um, he tested so poorly that uh, he, he's going to be dinged. Yeah, it, it, I know tape matters most, but man, to test that bad, yeah, <laughs> it was it was really really bad. He, he did himself no favors at all by the way that he ran, and uh, so good player. But like I said, it's going to be a late late round pick if, if you're looking at him this year. Yeah, we got Rodney reminds oh. me of a uh, James White, who's yeah. a solid niche back uh, for a while. Very specific role, very specific <laughs> offense, but. So I think he went round five or six. That's probably where uh, Kyron, 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 Kyron Williams should, yep. should go as well. All right, we got Rodney Garcia coming back saying, I was watching Pascal's highlights yesterday, and man, I was impressed by his performance each game. You think he'd be available in the second, so I'd so would take him. Yeah, I really like Zach Pascal. I wish he was a little bit bigger slash longer. He's got plenty of mass, but uh, just the length, I wish was a little bit better there, but he's a versatile player. He can kick inside to be five technique, four technique, even a three technique in sub packages as well. Sets the edge like crazy. I think he led the sec and tackle tackles for loss over the last two seasons. He also beat cancer and came back and I think his freshman or sophomore year in Kentucky beat cancer came back and then became a big leader on that team. So uh, people rave about his character, which you want high character guys on this team. And uh, I'd be very excited about him at pick 64. I know that Eric and I disagree. He doesn't like him at 64 as much, but he's one of the few that I don't think he's a great, great value at 64, but he's one of the few edge rushers that I'm like, okay, I can, I can live with it here at 64 after the Carl Loftus, Ma, Boye Mafe. Those are the guys who like it, but Arnold Ebiketti. I don't expect any of those guys to fall to 64, unfortunately, but uh, I do think Pascal could be there and I'd be okay with him there. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, all right, we've got David Wilder saying, good evening, Nick, Carl, and Scott, and Broncos country. Hashtag DB for life. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag let's ride. Thank you, David. Appreciate you tuning in today. Yeah, thank you so much, David. Also, see, we got Lawrence Rivera coming in here saying, finally fixed it. This is for Travis showing love. There you go. It's like, uh, have you ever been to one of those bars, Carl, or the breweries where you, you buy a beer for somebody else and you write it on the chalk on the wall? And like, I paid $5, and the next time Carl comes in, he gets a beer. <laughs> you ever seen one of those? I think they I, have not. one in Estes Park. Okay, good times. Um, Tom coming back in. Tom, thank you. I think this is your third or fourth time today. Uh, saw we met with uh, Derek King uh, mm-hmm. from quarterback or wide receiver. Honestly, I do not know. Uh, <laughs> I guess he'll probably be Weapon. a wide receiver. I wasn't super impressed with his tape as a quarterback, as a passer of the football. Um, 
but it seems like an interesting visit nonetheless, because the quarterback to wide receiver converts, they're typically like obvious, incredible athletes. And I don't like Derek King was fine, but I don't think he was like an incredible, incredible athlete or has like the size stature that you want to, for those kind of guys that convert from quarterback to wide receiver. What, what do you think are the, what, what percentage would you put on this for the Broncos to actually take a quarterback in this draft? Because they signed Josh Johnson. Of course they got Rippin back there as well. So you got, you got your top three guys. I mean, you, you don't mind improving on Rippin, of course. Yeah. And even Josh Johnson, you don't mind improving on him, but what percentage would you say, let's look at quarterback third, fourth, fifth round there. Third, fourth, fifth. I mean, 5%, 10% um, in the entire draft, including sixth and seventh round and potentially trading back. Uh, I think it goes probably up to 10%, um, which is not high odds, but you know, definitely could happen if the, the guy, a guy they like falls to them, but uh, I would not think it's, it's super likely they don't. And uh, Kathy comes in saying, man, we don't need a quarterback. It's true, but it's also, if you have enough picks, sometimes it's worth it to take a shot on a guy. And even if they end up being a quality backup that can save your season. I mean, if you have a, you never need the backup until you do right. Or you never want the backup until you need them. And right. Russell Wilson last season, I think he's only missed three games in his career, but it could happen again. He could be out for, you know, four or five weeks and the quality of your backup could be the difference between you making the playoffs or you missing the playoffs and Broncos fans should know that. I know we like to disparage Brock Osweiler, but without him, Broncos don't get the number one seed. They probably don't go on and win the Super Bowl in 2015. Also, they don't end up getting Justin Simmons because Brock Osweiler leaving to the Texans resulted in that third round compensatory pick the following year, which ended up being Justin Simmons. So uh, sometimes drafting backup quarterbacks to get value later or to raise that room uh, does matter. Right. One, when you're thinking of cap space, Russell Wilson's going to get paid here in the next year or two. He's going to be making 50, 55 million a year. And so having a cheap rookie quarterback or on a rookie contract keeps that room at least halfway under control. So you're not having to go crazy at the quarterback position and sacrifice at other ones. And, and even there, you're throwing a lottery ticket out there. Let's say the guy does develop and shows well in the preseason, man, that is a huge trade capital that you've got in your back pocket. And, you know, we've seen teams go crazy for quarterbacks trading first, even multiple first round picks. The Broncos just did it for Russell Wilson. We've seen it for, for even other rookie quarterbacks who are on the bench uh, where they're getting first, second round picks for them. So uh, again, that's why it, it, wouldn't be the worst thing for them to have a cost-controlled quarterback for the next four years. But we got Lawrence Revere coming in saying, so my big question is, who's going to take a big cap it here next year that we'd want to start planning for to replace with a rookie? Um. Well, <laughs> uh, Chubb? Bradley Chubb doesn't have a big cap hit next year because he's not under contract next year. But that's a obvious spot where it's like, uh oh, uh, we don't have a guy there at an expensive position. So want to look for that one. Right tackle is another one, but not to the same extent that edge rusher is. You're going to need more edge rushers than your offensive tackles. So the fact that you don't even know about the depth there, let alone one of the starters concerning uh, some other guys who are pretty expensive. Garrett Bowles, $18 million cap hit next year, $8 million dead cap moving on from him. That one's probably not happening. But after 2023, Garrett Bowles is probably on notice uh, if his performance doesn't improve because with how big his cap hit is Graham Glasgow's cap hit in 2023 is 14 million, but it's only 3 million dead cap hit. He's probably gone. Uh, Ronald Darby, another one cap hit 13 million in 2023 with only a 3 million dead cap hit. So you can save some money there on that one as well. And uh, other than that though, you don't really get much, much bang for your buck moving on for some guys. So Graham Glasgow, Ronald Darby and moving on from 
Bradley Chubb and not having a right tackle. Those are all the spots where you're looking to maybe get some rookies to come in here to give yourself younger, cheaper cost controlled options to replace some talent. Yeah. I, I think really, if you look at the starting 22, you feel pretty solid about each of those positions and, and the starters that are going to be there. I mean, you still wouldn't mind if there's a guy that proves himself to be better than them. That's great. That's just, you know, icing on the cake kind of thing, but you feel pretty solid about the 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you are looking, like I said, to 2023, can these guys become step up and take over? Like you said, for these guys that maybe could be expensive. You're, you're right. Garrett Bowles. That's, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I think he's still in the top five, at least for cap hit this year for offensive tackles. He did not play like a top five offensive tackle last year. No. And so if you can move on, I, I like Garrett Bowles. I do. And I, you hate to, to lose him, but at the same time, if you find a guy that can come in, be half the cost, or even, even like one eighteenth of the cost, if you're looking at a rookie, man, that, that's a nice little bonus to to help spread out over the rest of the the room. Yeah, he unfortunately don't get that much cap savings from cutting him, so uh, he's probably here in 2023. It's after that 2023 season where his contract goes from uh, 16 million saving to four million dead cap. So. That's the area you want to look for. But the two contracts that really stand out here as far as movable assets, uh, guys who could have their contracts maybe restructured or added years on to get more value later, but maybe you don't want to do that. Ronald Darby, after or after this season, 10 million cap saving, 3 million dead hit. Graham Glasgow after the season, 11 million savings, 3 million dead cap hit. Those are the two names to look out for there. Uh, and obviously right tackle as well. We're not talking about big money uh, for what the guys are paying right now, but you don't have a 2023 solution likely on roster right now, uh, given the contracts they gave to Tom Compton, Billy Turner and Calvin Anderson. However, somebody that could be an answer for the Broncos at right tackle, at least if Todd McShay is correct, uh, Daniel Flele, the Broncos and Todd McShay, thank God for the two round mock. You know, we're not going to, I'm not going to disparage Todd too much because I'm dying for my two and three round mock drafts. And he gave us one here. So even though I don't love the pick uh, for the, the specific fit. Um, thanks for giving us a two round mock. Uh, and uh, Daniel Foyle, offensive tackle from Minnesota, six foot eight, 390 pounds, uh, Australian, massive player for the Gophers. And uh, Todd McShay said to cap off the second round, how about a six foot eight, 200 or 390 pound offensive tackle? Russell Wilson dealt with protection issues in Seattle, but it's a long way around Foyle for pass rushers. So, not obviously extensive, uh, deep analysis here on Daniel Foyle, <laughs> but. Uh, has the Broncos going with a right tackle here at pick 64 off the cuff, Carl, what do you think about the pick Daniel Flaley to the Broncos at pick 64? It's not my favorite one by any means. Like you said, just when you're thinking a scheme fit, you're not thinking a guy that's six, eight, three ninety. And I mean, he is long to get around, but you need a, a tackle that can move. I mean, in this scheme, you might even have your, your tackles pulling across the entire formation to go, to go get a guy. I can't see him doing that or it's not going to end well if you try to have them do that. So you're going to have to revamp a little bit of how you would even try to run your scheme because of having him there in the run scheme. Now, pass scheme, that's a little bit different. You know, like I said, he he is a big guy to get around at the senior bowl. I did hear he struggled quite a bit at times uh, with guys that he just was not having the greatest senior bowl by any means. And so again, there's a lot of other guys I would have before him that I think could develop and do well in this scheme and be very good at, at manning that right tackle position. 
Yeah, I have multiple questions with Daniel Floyle, Um, and you guys can check it out. Uh, Chad should be publishing my article. I did a little write-up on it. I guess not so little. It always turns out to be two pages on Google Docs, but uh, I digress. I think Daniel Floyle, his athleticism is for run blocking in the outside zone skip, I think is, for him not being a good fit for that, I think is a little bit overblown. Now, is he an elite athlete for the position for an outside zone, wide zone blocker, whatever you want to call it? Uh, No. But with his size, I think he's a solid enough athlete uh, to combo block and drive block and kind of peel off, do some things. My biggest issue with his, it's not ideal. It's not an ideal scheme fit. I think he's better in power gap. And most schemes today in, in today's NFL don't run pure outside zone, pure inside zone, pure man, et cetera. You have a variety of different looks there. So that's number one. Um, also with Russell Wilson here, I think you're probably going to see a higher rate of RPOs in this offense, especially with what Nathaniel Hackett has done with Green Bay. And Daniel Flayley, one of my concerns with him is his pass sets in dropback sets are ugly. But in RPOs, you can kind of protect him a little bit uh, on the edge. So, And they did that a lot at Minnesota. So I'm not as worried about him in that regard. But his pass sets are still rough. Um, I, Scott could probably talk about it some too. But at the Senior Bowl, what I remember from Daniel Flayley at the uh, that event was constantly getting beat across his face, overset into the outside, and then not having the foot quickness to cut off. And he has so much size and length that you don't have to overset to the outside you can probably guard yourself and just use your length um, to protect your face. But guys with quickness and agility were beating him across his face constantly at the senior bowl, which concerns me with him. Um, yeah. Pulling up the clip here now. And um, when he does get his hands on guys, that's fine. Um, he's fine there and he's really big. But uh, speaking of big, one of the things that concerns me with Russell Wilson, just long-term and going forward, not, it's not a big concern, but if you look at a heat map of Russell Wilson, he does not use the middle of the field because, and he said it before, himself in interviews, he has a hard time seeing over the offensive lineman. So now you want to bring in a six foot eight guy. <laughs> Doesn't this sound like an issue potentially? And then people are like, Oh, Daniel Flayley, he plays decently low for his size. Maybe he doesn't have the foot speed to hang on an Island as a pass blocker. Maybe he kicks inside the guard, not in Denver, not with Russell Wilson. So yeah. uh, I just don't, I don't like this pick for a lot, a lot of reasons for the Broncos. Um, just doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think there's other tackles that make sense there. I think it was, you know, I really want to talk about this guy in here, the big guy. Let's get him hyped. Denver needs a tackle. Let's fill him in here at the end. Uh, I don't really see it as a great fit for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I'd push back a little bit of, I mean, the difference between 6'8 and 6'5. I'm not sure that's going to make too much of a difference for Russell Wilson when he's trying to look over that offensive line. But I mean, it makes a difference for the quarterbacks, too. I mean, being 6'4 versus 6'1 is a massive difference. Well, I, I guess so. But I, I guess that's down on my list of reasons why yeah. I wouldn't take him it's over other guys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's just one more thing to add to it. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it just doesn't seem like McShay really thought through this new coaching staff and what they want to do and the type of player that he is. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's I think he is a good player, but there's just times where some guys are a good player but bad fit, and you're trying to find good players that are good fits. That that's when you can really see them take off, and uh, so. Yeah, this would get me, I'd probably give this like a D if I was grading this draft just off the second round pick. Yeah. Yep. Tom coming back in for 99 super. Uh, I think we should not waste money on somebody like the honey badger. Do the rest of the work after the draft for veterans, a la Campbell clowny Norman. Um, Norman, is that Josh Norman? Is that the name there? I don't know about Josh Norman so. coming in, but I'd rather bring Bryce Cam- Bryce Callahan back than Josh Norman for the versatility and the off coverage. But, uh, 
I don't know what honey badgers market is. I don't know what contract he's looking for. If you can get him for, you know, a cheap one or two year deal and really add some versatility to your secondary where you can live in essentially live in nickel defense with him. I would be okay with that right now. The Broncos don't have enough bodies that I trust to play box snaps from the defensive back spot to play slot and honey badger can do both of that at a high rate. Um, it does come down to the money though. In the end, uh, you don't want to pay too much and maybe it's better to bring back a, bring in a clowny plus a cream Jackson plus a Melvin Gordon versus spending all of that on honey badger. So definitely right. uh, it at the right price. I would love to have honey badger, but I'm also not looking to pay him over $8 million a year at this point in his career, where we are at in the, this time period of the free agency period. Also, we got uh, Dennis Woods coming in. This is another good comment here. Uh, Daniel Floyd playing at 390. Would that be an issue at mile high? Yes, it probably would be. Um, maybe not as much for a defensive player uh, because the reps are not as physically output, I guess. You know, it's not the burst that the pass rusher gets. You have much more of a rotational position there. Um, but it's definitely an issue, especially if you're looking to run some no huddle and stuff. So it's a concern as well. I do think that looking back, I probably overhyped it for Orlando Brown Jr. in Denver. Granted, he had a little bit of body type, body conditioning issues coming out of Oklahoma as well, falling to the third round, I think, uh, for Baltimore. So maybe not the same thing for Flele. He's kind of a, they found him in an Australian football league, like punting camp or something Minnesota did. And Minnesota was the only program to fly his mom out for a campus visit. So he went there. Shout out to Minnesota, I guess, for that one. But uh, <laughs> you're not going to hear me say much, uh, much good about the Gophers, but I'll give him that one. But yeah, it's definitely a concern as well. Uh, I just, I don't love the scheme, but there are other guys that I prefer and uh, we'll see what happens. What would happen if say he got into the NFL and, got on their diet program, dropped down to like 360, 350, kind of like we saw with Evan Neal. I mean, before the draft, he really slimmed down. He doesn't even look like an offensive tackle now. Like, it's hard to believe that he's as big as he is because he just looks so skinny. Hmm. But uh, if Falele did that where actually got in here, slimmed down, would you be okay with that? It still adds risk because he's not there right now. Right. You're drafting who he is right now, not – Yep. You know, or not, you're not necessarily drafting who right now, but you have the data and the body type to go off of what he is. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we got Travis Weber coming back in. Read that Melvin Gordon fires agents because he hasn't gotten any contract offers and is growing impatient. And Tyron Matthew is visiting New Orleans while visiting family. It sounds like Matthew left New Orleans without a deal, so maybe nothing's going to come there. We'll see. Uh, Melvin Gordon firing his agent. I mean, I get it. He's still out there. He's probably frustrated because he had a pretty good season last year, all things considered. I mean, the Broncos had the highest rate of defenders in the box of any team in the NFL and actually it got worse after Teddy went out. So get the uh, arm strength argument out of there on that one. Uh, I guess teams didn't really think Drew Locke's pre-snap ability to get out of looks or in looks uh, was as good and they loaded the box and blitzed. So either way, um, Melvin Gordon to be able to have a good season last year like he did despite the heavy box counts that the Broncos saw consistently. I, I get why he's frustrated, but also he's a running back entering his third contract. This is, this is always going to be what happens. Also, maybe he should fight. Maybe this is a firing of his agent uh, years later, because he probably should never have taken a two year deal to begin with his last contract with the Broncos. Like I was beside myself when I saw the Broncos sign Melvin Gordon that time around, because I thought they gave him a you know four or five year deal. Once that once it was a two year deal, I'm like, okay, you're getting still some good years of him, but then it's sayonara. And yeah. this is uh this is why. So maybe it's a reciprocal firing because the two-year deal was pretty silly by him in hindsight. Yeah, and I think it is hard for him also. Other running backs have actually gotten some pretty big deals. Yeah. 
guys that I think are less talented than him. Now they're younger. And like I said, they're only entering their second contract instead of his third, but still, I'm sure he's looking at that saying, okay, this guy got 8 million a year and I'm struggling to get 2.5 million a year right now. Like I'm, I'm struggling to get those kind of offers. And so, yeah, I, sometimes again, you overvalue yourself. You believe in your ability and you've been told for a long time that you're great. And then you get to the market and they tell you a little something different. And it, it's it's hard to hear that. These guys are very prideful in what they do and how hard they've worked to get where they are. And so I can't blame him for that. And if he thinks this other representation can do something better for him, then then go for it. And and Matthew, I, I'm really hoping he reaches that point where the market's dried up so much, uh, just you know, money-wise, where he just says, all right, I'm going to take my one-year prove-it deal. I'm going to go to a team and just, you know, like the Broncos, I'm going to go to them for a cheap contract. So then I show the Chiefs they made a huge mistake by taking uh, all these other guys over me. And uh, th- that's what I'm hoping for. I-, I doubt it happens. I think somebody will still give him a pretty good-sized contract. But, you know, at this point, I, I was dreaming about Russell Wilson. I didn't think that was ever going to be a possibility and it happened. So, you know, it, it's at that point where I, I believe anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, crazy things happen. I think you won't see a lot of movement from the Broncos uh, until after the draft, but you know, who knows? Um, so obviously it's ESPN insider. We have to go through that all, but right now, Carl at pick 64, you said you don't really love the filet options. Are there any other guys that right now you're like, man, I'd be, I'd be interested in him at uh, 64. Well, like I said, Tyler Smith is definitely a guy. If he's there, I don't know if he'll make it that far. Uh, his value's kind of gone all over the the charts. Um, Edgewise, Mafe, I doubt again that he'll be there. I'm, I'm kind of dreaming that, that somebody falls to the Broncos there. Um, edge rushers, I just think they're going to be gone. Yeah. That's the hard part. I know you're not a Cameron Thomas fan. I'm not. But... Yeah. You know, he kind of fits the size that you're looking for at the edge. Does he? Doesn't have great length. Six four. Yeah, but that's the lengthy boys is what we're looking for here. Playing multiple gaps. He's six four, but uh, the six four two sixty. He's oh, man. He's such a tweener. Uh, he scares me. Um, if okay, if Arnold Ebic, I, right now I'm I'm here like Arnold Ebicetti. If he falls to fifty fifty five, go up and get him. That's one. That's one that I'm eyeing. Yeah. Also, the other one is that safety spot. You don't have somebody who's a dimebacker at all. And no team played uh, more six defensive back looks in football last year than the Los Angeles Rams. Right now, the third safety is Jamar Johnson, which you don't know anything about. So that's and Stearns. You don't know very much about either still. So that's a position that scares me a lot. And there are some good safety options there. Uh, day two in the draft. Who do you like there? Nick Cross. Um, first, I'm seeing if that tier two guys are falling to Denver within range there. Um, I think there are four guys that probably will all be gone before 64. But if one of them's there, it's an easy choice. Um, that is uh, Lewis Seen from Georgia. Probably going to go in round one, but we'll see. Daxton Hill probably going to go in the top 40. I really like Jaquan Brisker as well from Penn State. And uh, Jalen Petrie out of uh, Baylor. Baylor. Any of those guys there at 64? send in the card. I'm I'd be totally okay with that. After that, there's a lot of interesting bodies. Nick cross is a great call there. Dane Belton is an interesting one. Uh, I also like Kirby Joseph pretty well with his length and his movement skills at Illinois. And uh, there's one more safety whose uh, name is escaping me right now, but there's some really good safeties. Um, round two, three, four that, uh, Broncos, I think we'll be looking into. Yeah. Any cornerbacks since we talked about that position earlier that the Broncos need to add to it that you think could be there at 64. 
at 64 it's here let me pull up a database because i just want to go off the top of my head 64 might be a little bit early for him but i really like alante taylor out of tennessee i think he's got some inside outside ability could probably move to safety as well um he is very physical uh, sometimes almost too physical but uh it's quick twitch and a really good tackler so i really like alante taylor um, maybe if Kyler Gordon falls to 64 after not testing as well as many people thought, there seems to be a lot of discrepancy on his ability as well. After that, it really comes down to are the Broncos going to be playing a scheme that is conducive to those pure press cornerbacks? I'm talking about your Tariq Woolens. I'm talking about your Kyir Elams. And if they're there at 64, we just don't know. It's really hard because we don't really know what uh, is Jiro Evero is going to do defensively, schematically, what he wants to do. I know that he said he wants to dictate his defense to his personnel, but like every single coach ever has said that before they take the field, right? Like we, you don't know that until you see the field. We have nothing to go on on Evro than what he's done in the past. So who knows? Um, yeah. But definitely possible. There we go. There's some names for everybody. Uh, I, I don't disagree with most of them. So I, I think they're, they're all pretty good players. And, and I think there's going to be a good guy that falls to 64. You know, just there, there's, there's always that one player that just seems to, to end up there. So I, I don't see him trading up. Like I said, unless there's maybe that edge guy that he just says, we, we have to go get this guy. We can't keep letting this guy fall and hope that somebody or think that somebody's going to take him right before us. So that's the only way I see the Broncos trading up at this point. Yeah, definitely possible. Um, another name, uh, Zion McCollum from Sam Houston state tested like an absolute freak. I wish he had a little bit more length. Uh, his body type is weird cause he's tall without much length, but he's thick and he's a freak athlete. So another name to keep an eye on here. We got Nathan coming in. Nathan, I think he's got the new uh, picture here on YouTube. So shout out to Nathan, uh, with a draft in Las Vegas, who would be the best former player we could see send to read the draft pick and troll Raiders fans. I'd like to see Peyton Manning if possible. Hmm, <laughs> man. I, I don't know. Who do you have here, Carl? Who'd be a good, uh, good troll pick Romanowski. I mean, Since I he feel paid, like he's, he's a he Raider. Played for the Raider. I don't know. His best years were with the Broncos. He got his, got his Super Bowl rings. Yeah. So I think that'd be fun for, cause I, I mean, he did spend a lot of time with the Raiders, but just to see him go up there, I think would be awesome. Didn't Elway marry a Raiders cheerleader at one he point? Did, yes. So let's just yes. have it be Elway, man. They get tormented <laughs> them for years. Just send Elway just to, just to give him the finger. Yeah. Just give him that smile. Johnny, it, John, John, let's do it. He, he dropped in my book after he married a, a Raiders cheerleader, but uh, yeah. you know what? No comment. <laughs> No comment here, um, but uh, let's let's keep get it going here. We got one more super coming in from Tom. Troy Anderson and Nick, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Troy Anderson at 64, I'd be fine with it. I'm not trading up for him. Uh, he's a really good athlete, and he's Mr. Football, right? He was the offensive conference player of the year, then went and played defense, became the defensive player of the year all-time. I think he set the single-season rushing yard record for Montana State. Uh, I'd be okay with it at 64. I don't think the linebackers are the most valuable spot in today's NFL, but at pick 64... You, you can kind of the positional value is not as important as getting difference makers and guys who can be good on their rookie contract. So uh, I would be okay with that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, JT Woods, another name to keep an eye on from Baylor. There's so many good safeties in this class, man. I, I really like the safety class. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely one of the deeper positions. So I, I definitely see the Broncos taking even maybe a couple safeties just because they are so huge in special teams. Nope. Brian Cook. That was the other name I was thinking of from Cincinnati. I love Brian Cook, man. You're not going to find a better tackling defensive back in this class than Brian Cook. Well, there you go, people. Um, and, and I kind of wonder a little bit on the the linebacker class. You know, if you take an off ball linebacker, what what does that mean for Browning? 
Like, do you view him more coming down and being a true edge player? And you just say, hey, we're improving two positions by getting this guy. Or do you sit there and still call him that hybrid player? Yeah. I don't know if it matters that much. Um, just get good guys. I'm, I'm curious about some of the fits for some of these guys coming forward. But uh, who knows? I'm just get good players and figure out the roles. And it's so hard to project right now. I think we have a better job projecting what Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett will do versus is your Evero coming over and become the first defensive coordinator. So who knows? Um, I, I really do not have an idea other than what he did with the Rams, but what he did with Staley was different than what he did with Raheem Morris, which was different than what he's done with Wade Phillips. He was there underneath uh, Monte Kiffin as well. So Lord only knows uh, with Avero, I'm, ex- I'm dying to see what it looks like because it's all talk until it's not. Right. So uh, we're going to wrap it on up here, guys. But first, Travis coming in. Great podcast tonight, guys. One last question. Is it still been silent on the ownership front? Uh, I saw Cliss a week ago say the their ownership bids bet- from somewhere between 5 to 15 different groups. Other than that, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a lot of that's going to be behind the scenes because a lot of these guys don't want to get out there. What was their offer? You know, you don't want to outbid yourself and make other teams or some of them say, okay, you came in at $4 billion, We're going to go $4 billion and $1. So a lot of that stuff's going to be pretty private and uh, it's, we won't know until it's pretty much done. What's yeah. really going on. Uh, yeah. They move in silence. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Andrew says, uh, like Scott says, don't watch what they say, watch what they do. Peyton is a poker player and we all may be shocked what he does in the draft, whatever moving up, moving down, get picks for next year. Who knows? Um, expect the unexpected, as they like to say. So either way, make sure you're tuning in. The Broncos got a lot of draft picks, and even though they're not picking in the top 10, uh, they're going to come away with some quality players. And God, we can only hope that George Payton does as well as last year. You shouldn't expect that level of output last year. Oh, the draft is volatile, and even the best in the business get it wrong often. So if they can even just be you know 5% better than other teams at drafting, that's going to make a big difference long-term. So we'll see. Um, last year was a good building block. Let's see if they can stack draft classes without the top picks. Going to be hard, but we'll see. Uh, make sure you guys are following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining our Facebook communities at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Please, if you have iTunes, listen to podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a psychopath that listens to your shows on two times speed, like I do, because I must consume all the information, um, then please go to iTunes, find the Huddle Up podcast, and leave us a five-star review and comment. And uh, we appreciate that. If you guys have any questions that you want to ask, you can use that comment as a de facto super chat to get a question read. We'll get to it. Uh, Also, guys, make sure on YouTube, Please subscribe, like, and share. I know we're just closing out, but if you haven't done so yet, hit the like on the way out. I know we got a sad face coming in here from Craig Collison. Craig, I'm sorry you got the sad face, but uh, the show will be back again next Tuesday, and we'll be back again tomorrow on Scott's channel uh, if you guys want to check that out. And as Trevor says here, make sure you guys smash that like button and have a good night, fellas, in Broncos country. Absolutely. You guys have a great one. We appreciate you. Everyone, choose kindness, choose compassion. See you later. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.